This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Good afternoon to you, too, sir. How you doing today? You know, I'm doing great. It's been, uh, gosh, it's just a really eventful couple of weeks here. Of course, as we Ooh. mentioned uh, last week on the show, you know, we're getting close to International Pipe Smoking Day, which is on uh, February 20th. And actually, as this show airs, uh, as this show is introduced on iTunes, uh, it'll be International Pipe Smoking Day. And so, man, just Dude. a lot of exciting things getting ramped up for that. And uh, it's kind of overwhelming, but we're uh, we're fired up, man. It's been great. So, so, you know, I've always tried to do something special for International Pipe Smoking Day. Yeah. And generally what I do is I go into my cellar and I find a tobacco that I haven't smoked before. And it's kind of my day to try something new. Oh, that's um, good. You know, for, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good practice. Like for me, I, I don't... <sighs> I don't smoke enough regularly, especially with the little kids around and everything, to be able to get creative with sampling new tobaccos. Like, I know what I like. And so when it's time for me to smoke my pipe, I kind of want to smoke what I like. <laughs> and so if I'm trying something new, it's going to be because I'm at like a pipe smoking event. And so there's a ton of different options. Yeah. Or it's a special occasion like International Pipe Smoking Day. So I may I may be jumping on the old uh, YouTube channel and maybe doing a little live broadcast to go oh, through some dude. of the options in my cellar. Yeah, good. I like that. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, you know that face for radio will uh, occasionally be be welcomed on YouTube. You know, you know, I think it's I think it's the right <laughs> thing to do, especially since this week we didn't have a live show. You know, yeah. I, I like the idea of maybe giving them a little something, a little something, something since uh, we didn't do the traditional you can, live. Show. You can show uh, show you know the fact that you're trying to grow your beard back from the uh, the precious little scruff that it was, and um, yeah, no, that's good. Hey, I got props on that last week, but uh, that that's then and and here is now. <laughs> Hey man, speaking of last week and actually um, some some things that have been going on, long-time listeners or at least uh, short-term listeners, mid-term listeners, people who have been listening for a while, they're aware that we have had for uh, the last several months, about a year at this point, uh, a group of guys that play a game called Sea of Thieves together. We yeah. call ourselves the Squire Scallywags. It's a, it's a game about pirates and it's kind of a fun thing. We, we enjoy it. <laughs> We have our own little shorthand in terms of different items, meaning different various uh, uh, tobaccos and that sort of thing. But uh, anyway, if you you may have recently come into the game because that game has like grown substantially over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, as streamers have really started getting in on it and everything, and there was a uh, invite some friends, and so I know I sent out at least uh, at least one of my invites invites to our uh, Twitter handle, and I know that uh, some of the other scallywags have been sending out their invites to folks. So if you're new to the game, or if you're wanting to play that game, or if you got in free as part of that uh, that that trial or invite a friend, uh, let me know. Uh, just tweet me at the Real Bo York, and we'll add you to the Squire Scallywag uh, group. And we we'd love to sell with you. It's a it's a fun way to uh, you know to do some some fun uh, community stuff for for those that are also in that game as well. No, that's good, man. Yeah, it's it, it's exciting to see kind of how that has taken off. You know, I'm not really a gamer, but there is part of me that's envious about uh, man the camaraderie y'all developed and all that. So. Uh, I think I think they'll be be good. I'm, I look forward to to hearing all the uh, the great antics. Yar. Well, it's appropriate because coming up soon, we've got a pipe uh, pipe smoking podcast, or rather, 
our uh, pipes and pipe pirates and pipe tobacco. Get it out. All the peas. Yeah. All the peas. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pull the curtain back before we record john david and i do kind of practice on how we say peas to make sure it's not just this editing nightmare for uh for mike who does yeah our, I, of course I'm, production i'm the neophyte when it comes to all this stuff right bo is the guy that actually makes uh bo and, and our dear friend mike are the guy that make all the technical stuff happen and so you know i just want to pull the microphone up to my mouth and start blabbing because that's what i do best right and so <laughs> But yeah. apparently I've learned that the, the letter P uh, is is kind of can be kind of difficult on the microphone recording aspect of, of all this. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've had to learn how to how to back off the mic a little bit, particularly when we're uh, practicing our pipe podcast and, um, you know, focusing on uh, precision pipes like Peterson and uh, other <laughs> Uh, all all the things that begin with P. <laughs> That's right. So I'm getting better. Look, and if you I'm getting better. If you want to hear us fail hard on that, just go. You know, uh, become a patron and uh, and find our our first 100 episodes <laughs> and those early episodes. It's so bad. It's ugly. But anyway, all that to say, the the pirates and pipe tobacco series is coming back. Man, I'm really excited. We're going to be exploring a, uh, a historic figure in the pirate community and somebody oh, really? whose name is definitely uh, well known in the pipe tobacco community as well. Uh, a Sir of the Walter Riley family, Ooh. if you will. Ooh, very interesting. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's coming soon. So can't wait to, uh, to dive into that. But that's not what we're talking about this week, man. This week, we're diving into a company that I'm kind of shocked and surprised that we haven't really talked about before, at least not given this level of spotlight to. Yeah, we, we have talked uh, around the periphery about uh, about Nirup pipes before, but we wanted to you know do a, a more in depth focus. It's one of those uh, you know brands that um, is just spectacular, really. I mean, they, he, Petter Jeppesen and his crew have done just such a good job and um, have really become a, a well established uh, pipe making house in their own right over the past few years. And um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of take a deeper dive into Nirup and um, you know explore uh, you know kind of the background of Petter and and where he came from and um and you know look at uh look at the quality of his pipes and and all that so a uh, lot of fun bo you're familiar with uh uh Nirup and and those pipes aren't you Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I say that we've never really given it a spotlight, but the reality is that we've discussed the pipes and a lot of the styles that have been innovated uh, from Nirup and, and Petter Jefferson specifically. But uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've got a working knowledge, a workable knowledge, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, enough knowledge to ask the questions that hopefully our newer listeners are thinking. <laughs> well, the, Petter uh, at Nirup Pipes, they, uh, you know, keep cranking out uh, artisan quality, uh, you know, pipes, artisan style pipes that, um, you know, re- that are really have become hits for the small, uh, small factory, uh, you know, artisan. It, it, he, he definitely is not the, uh, the big, you know, Savinelli, Peterson, Stanwell, one of these guys, it's become more of a, um, you know, just a really impressive, uh, small batch, but, but factory pipe. And, uh, man, he's, he just does a great job. The company name, uh, that, that Petter Jeppesen makes his pipes under is Nirup, N-E-E-R-U. UP. Um, and that's actually the surname of one of his uh, older relatives. He had a, a string of his family that uh, the, the last name was Nirup, and so he honored that uh, that line with uh, with the name Nirup, which is kind of wow. cool. He is from a town in uh, eastern Denmark near Copenhagen. The town um, is spelled L-E-J-R-E. Um, I could try to say that, but I would make a fool of myself, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is you know happens pretty often. So, um, but yeah, t- it's a town of only about 2,500 people, and that's where his workshop is, which is uh, really cool. Just a picturesque 
uh, area there on the eastern uh, portion of uh, of Denmark, and would love to go visit and see, um, you know, just see that part of the world. I've heard so dude. many so many awesome things about it. Yeah, yes, and, uh, Country you, Squire Radio Denmark, man, we got to yeah, make that happen, dude. I know, man. You, you've never been to Northern Europe, have you, Bo? Or have I you mean, been? I guess well, like Great Britain, maybe. I was about to say, I don't know what would be considered Northern Europe. I mean, I've I've been to Great Britain to London specifically, yeah. but I haven't done as much exploring in that area as, I, as I'd like to. You know, it's it's one of those things I've just only been to the British Isles and then France, but I've never been to, you know, Germany, uh, Denmark, all the the other Scandinavian countries. I'd love to see that part of the world. And uh, looking at at pictures of this area and just where, uh, what inspires a, a, you know, pipe carver that's so talented like Petter Jeppesen, just the natural landscape there. um, It's stunning, right? And I'd I'd like to get Mm. to see that at some point with my own eyes. Um, You've got to think some of the most famous pipe makers of the 20th century came from Denmark. And so obviously they were uh, highly um, influenced by their surroundings and and things of that nature. Um, Really, really cool. Uh, Petter began in the 1980s under Carl Eric, one of the most uh, famous Danish pipe makers of the 20th century. And uh, under Eric, that's where he picked up a lot of the fundamentals of of pipe making. You know, one thing Eric and uh, you know was was known for uh, handmade pipes. Um, you know, those those typical kind of Danish uh, design, lots of exposed plateau, uh, organic shapes, straight grain, just just beautiful larger larger pipes. Um, but he really focused a lot on those, you know, pipes that are kind of for the everyman, reasonably priced pipes, pipes that um, are not over the top uh, expensive, but uh, very high quality for, uh, you know, for the for the cost and that type of thing. And so this is kind of the environment that um, that Jeppesen learned to work in, which is which is pretty great. So, um, you know, after after, uh, you know, working for Carl Eric, he moved over to working for uh, a name we all know and love and, of course, is extremely familiar to the pipe making world, and that's um, Eric Nording. Uh, Eric Nording, of course, legendary pipe maker that has been carving uh, and manufacturing pipes for for many decades now. Um, I mean, some of the most iconic pipes of the modern yeah, era. It, it, I, per- think, I think that's fair to say. Particularly nowadays. And, it, you know, we're talking about pipes that are stunning, gorgeous, but they're very reasonably priced, um, w- mm-hmm. which are, you know, for such a large piece of briar and the artwork and uh, precision that goes into these pieces, I think it's, uh, you know, pretty pretty telling about the quality and, and the the pride that they take at, at Nording's workshop. So um, it, Jeppesen, you know, he worked for uh, Eric Nording. He was in that uh, environment, uh, fine-tuning his craft, uh, studying the, the you know, and perfecting the fundamentals of pipe making, the uh, the precision drilling, the the boring, the, uh, you know, sanding of stems and things of, of that nature, um, but also really focusing a lot on those, um, you know, those precious adornments and accents that really set pipes apart, right? The, the, the stem work, the uh, maybe silver work, any type of metal or acrylic accents that uh, that make pipes, um, you know, just that much more interesting and unique and uh, statement making. And so that's where he really perfected a lot of that, that time that he was working uh, for Eric Nording. In the early 2000s, uh, Jefferson uh, was able to get his hands on some incredible uh, equipment. And so he was working for uh, working for Nording and a um, famous pipe maker, pipe making house uh, closed, uh, George Jensen. And um, and so he was able to get his hands on the equipment uh, there and and started his own factory. Uh, and so 
was just one of those things that Jepson had always uh, dreamed of making pipes under his own name. Um, and, and so he finally had the opportun- opportunity once he came into just the right equipment. Um, and, and, you know, so really cool. It's one of those things where he kind of works his way up the ladder. And, um, you know, this this guy that is, uh, you know, Danish to the core, uh, you know, has just become a, a stellar pipe maker, uh, has worked faithful, faithfully for all these legends. And now it's time for him to go uh, kind of make his own mark. And, of course, Jeppesen, um, you know, did that in spades. So, um, oh, you know, I like I like the uh, the relationship there. I mean, it's almost like, um, you know, just kind of taking it back to the Nording aspect. Nording was almost kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi to uh, Pedersen Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, great call. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, Pedersen uh, or Petter over the years, he, um, you know, developed his own style. It's certainly inspired by Eric Nording. You know, you can see uh, a lot of Nording in the in the Jefferson work. Um you know, the Big inspiration time. is obvious there, but, um, you know, the, the take is, um, you know, on the Danish uh, freehand pipe is unique, though. It, it, is, a, it is a Danish freehand pipe, lots of uh, interesting shapes. Uh, but but it's become its own its own unique shape, and it is pretty uh, easy nowadays, I think, to identify one of his pipes and say, uh, without looking at the uh, the nomenclature on the pipe, that's a Petter Jeppesen pipe, that's a Nirup, and um, which I think is really special. So anytime you can kind of create that uh, authentic uh, look that you know has become yours, I think that's a you know that's a pretty cool thing. He uses mm-hmm. primarily Greek and Corsican briar. You know, when we think of briar, we think of uh, Italy, we think of uh, you know southern France and uh, you know, sometimes Algeria, but uh, there are other sources of briar that are really interesting and, and produce, uh, you know, spectacular grain and, uh, you know, have carving uh, characteristics, uh, you know, that are, um, you know, preferred by some pipe makers and things of that nature. And so uh, Corsican briar, that island there uh, off the southern coast of Europe, and then also that Greek briar, uh, just really something interesting, brings something a little different to the market. Um, and he, and Petter has always used acrylic stems as well, which is different from Eric Nording. He uses a a lot of the um, you know ebonite, a lot of the the vulcanized uh, rubber uh, material there. And acrylic is interesting. You know, it it it's it's a little uh, less forgiving. You know, sometimes it can be harder to work with. It, it's huh, it's yeah. you know people are in their own camps whether they like acrylic or the ebonite vulcanite mouthpieces. Um, well, in this instance, are you referring to people as in consumers or, or yeah. actually the people that are working on it? Yeah, well, both actually. Yeah, because yeah. you know some find it easier to work with one over the other. Uh, some find one over the other uh, more. Or, um, you know, more classy uh, or maybe more uh, sophisticated. Some find one uh, more forgiving. Uh, some, you know, find, uh, you know, one over the other to be more comfortable on the mouth. Uh, folks tend to like how, you know, acrylic doesn't uh, oxidize or uh, stain as much over time, maybe doesn't show as much tooth chatter. Um, whereas ebonite, you know, it's going to show the chatter. It's going to show the, uh, you know, the oxidation. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's more comfortable. It's more timeless. It's a little more... Um, you know, old world and, uh, and that type of thing. So, but, uh, but regardless, um, you know, Petter uh, over the years has gravitated or r- really has exclusively used uh, acrylic stems, which um, he's really embraced and over the years also embraced a lot more uh, wild colors, crazy designs uh, that, you know, if, if you're making it, we always say if you're smoking a pipe, you're making a statement as it is. But if you're smoking a near up, uh, you're, you're, you're making a really, a really powerful statement. You know, it takes a confident pipe smoker to mm. smoke a, year, a near up because of all the, uh, the cool colors that, that he involves both in the, <laughs> in the stem making, but also in the stain of the pipe as well. So pretty cool. No, I um, like that, man. I'm, 
I mean, again, it's it's you almost see at least thematically that that kind of continuation from from Nording because I a lot of times yeah. I think the same thing about Nording that it's if you're smoking a Nording pipe you are making kind of a bold statement you are not because it's an offensive pipe by any stretch of the imagination but because it is very much a it is a chunk of briar like it is a big <laughs> block of wood it is man yeah these are these are large pipes on average you know they're um they have these kind of natural organic shapes they follow a lot of the uh, natural grain of the of the mm. briar itself. Uh, lots of uh, bulbousy shapes, vegetal shapes. They kind of, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, tomatoes and acorns and uh, things that, um, you know, might be reminiscent of, of nature itself, which I think is fascinating. You know, he one thing he, that uh, that also differentiates him from Nording, he doesn't use quite as much uh, exposed plateau on the, you know, the the bark of the briar there, right. um, you know, as, as Nording and, and other Danish pipe carvers as well. You know, you see a lot of those big free hands that are uh, stunning. A lot of times they'll have that kind of rough uh, topped where the where the plateau was exposed or the briar. And um, and so so Jefferson doesn't use that as much. He likes a, a little more uh, rounded off, refined, maybe a little uh, more, um, you know, cleaner look to the pipe. Uh, but, you know, those large bowls, deep, uh, deep, uh, you know, drills, you know, and very open air draw. Those are things that he has maintained. And uh, and as well, he also likes to pre-carbonate his pipes too, which uh, a lot of people really appreciate. It kind of helps in building cake uh, with the pipe. It can kind of uh, just make the pipe, uh, you know, the the break-in experience, the startup, the startup experience, be a little more pleasurable uh, for a for a premium pipe like that. So now, um, now when you say pre-carbonate, like what is what does that yeah. process generally entail? Yeah, so uh, each pipe maker has kind of its own, um, you know, or, or their own um, proprietary um, mixture, basically, this uh, substance that they've created that they put inside the bowl uh, to to carbonate it, to basically build a, a initial, uh, you know, uh, little pallet of cake in there um, just to make the, the break-in process easier, you know, or, you know, some would say that it requires no break-in process because mm. it has this a uh, little bit of cake that's already in there. So uh, right. really what, what they've done is they've put this uh, material on the inside of the bowl, like a, a paste typically, um, that gives the inside of the bowl some texture. Um, it's going to make it where, you know, from the very beginning, it's easier to build, uh, build that cake, keep the pipe lit, protect the wood from um, too much heat. That's another one of these things that you've got some people that are in different camps. You know, you've got folks that are for or against the pre-carb bowl. Uh, some folks that are for, uh, you know, a, a, they're for it, they're against it. Uh, they like to build their own cake from scratch, um, you know, it w- using methods that we've discussed before. Uh, but then, you know, some folks really do appreciate that pre-carbonated bowl. Uh, a lot of American pipe carvers, you know, the the artisan American carver, they've over the years kind of made their own concoctions out of, uh, you know, all types of uh, cigar ash and uh, paste, uh, you know, all, all types of uh, bizarre things that have helped them, uh, you know, have their own little uh, concoction there. Really, we should we should do our own episode really on uh, a, a whole episode on uh, the the precarbonated bowl. I think that would be uh, you know worth mentioning. It's kind of interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, again, uh, you know, Jefferson uh, uses large bowls. Um, you know, those uh, precarbonated bowls, open air draws. Um, he's also well known. It's something he's really mastered here, which I just every time I get a batch of Nirups in the shop, 
One of the first things I marvel at as I open each and every pouch uh, with the pipe is the contrast stain of the pipe. He is so well known for that and has really, really perfected that. When I say contrast stain, we've uh, talked about this before. Um, you know, it, it's it's where uh, the the color variation. It's a it's a variegated look. You've got some, uh, you know, some of the deeper grain might have a different uh, tone or or even color stain than some of the the lighter grain, and so you've got this, uh, you know, kind of dark light contrast or maybe multiple colors within the pipe. Uh, oftentimes that's used, um, it, you know, it's a function basically what the carver has done is they've stained the pipe one one color and then they've let that really soak in deep into those uh, you know those uh, those veins of, of briar, uh, and then they've sanded all the top layer off to let just the deepest parts retain that that one color, and then they've stained it uh, another color on top of that to kind of give it just a really beautiful uh, you know contrasting uh, you know palette there. So um, one thing Petter does that I love that you just don't see very often is he lets that contrast stain shine somehow through mm. a sandblast. He does it through mm. the sandblast, and so he'll contrast stain a pipe, but then he he sandblasted on top of that, which is so, so, so cool. Um, and, and you just don't see that very often. So it gives you the the benefit of appreciating the color of the uh, the grain and, and the, the contrasted uh, briar uh, grain there, but then also the texture of a really uh, light sandblast. It's just really aesthetically pleasing. It's pleasing to the feel, to the touch, to the eye. Um, it's just that extra uh, kind of refinement that I think sets a near up apart, uh, particularly for those sandblasted near up. So finally, you know, he, he focuses to, you know, talked a little bit more earlier about the adornments and refinements that you'll see on these pipes. And um, one thing that he's nailed uh, over the years as well is the silver work. Now, the silver work, he's gotten more and more prominent in this over the years. He uses he uses real sterling. It's real silver. And uh, one of his most outstanding uh, pieces now that's, uh, you know, inspired by his local geography there and his love of fishing, actually, are the salmon series pipes that he makes. And he actually has had these, uh, these little silver uh, salmon fish that have been uh, he's had these things um, commissioned where they're uh, created and then form fit, custom fit to each and every pipe, uh, kind of swimming up the side of the shank onto the bowl. Uh, really, really a cool uh, feature. Um, so imagine you've got this kind of uh, organic, uh, bulbous, tomato-shaped Danish pipe with this really colorful stem and maybe a contrast stain <laughs> that's just off the charts. And then you add on top of that this this just gorgeous, uh, you know, handmade uh, sterling silver uh, fish that's kind of swimming up the side of the pipe. And um, it's just a really nice touch. Th those pipes, you know, the, the, the sterling... Uh, salmon, it does tend to add a lot of uh, premium on the pipe. You know, you've got that those pipes tend to be a good bit more expensive uh, than the others just solely by the addition of that little fish. But um, gosh, they are good looking and, and just really special pieces. I think um, it, it's one of those things like if you're if you're looking for something for the pipe smoking fisherman uh, for a very special, uh, you know, uh, occasion, like maybe the you know birth of a child or graduation or you know, a retirement or, you know, that really special gift. I think that would be a, be a great thing to look at for, for that person. So anyway, overall the, you know, very high quality pipes. You know, when I, when I think about Nura pipes, you know, to me, they like just scream, they, they are pipe smokers pipes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> 
you know, as as you've discussed, just the the adornments and the the colorful nature of it, the shine, the polish, the um the statement that you're making when you're smoking one. Like I can't imagine. It's it's hard for me to imagine yeah. that somebody who's coming into pipe smoking their first ever pipe they pick up is a Nero. Yeah. Um, unless it's it's inherited or something of that nature. Like I j- I just can't see this being the one that like a new pipe smoker comes to because a lot of times when you go into the shop, you're looking for something a little bit more um inconspicuous, shall we say? Yeah. Sure. Sure. And, uh, traditional, you think of the billiard, the bulldog, yeah. uh, you know, Rhodesian, uh, you know, uh, something that more, um, it just has that kind of old English feel, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. And But but as you start kind of getting into it and you start building out your collection and you're looking for something that, you know, you're, you're going to the pipe night, you're going to the shop, you want to, you know, you want to kind of show off a little bit. Like, yeah. like that's where these Neurop pipes, I think, really, really shine and kind of speak to the more discerning pipe smoker. And it's I a mean, great way to put it, Bo. Yeah. Because they're, they're gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Re- really beautiful pipes. And I, I think for the price too, he, he is so competitive on, on these prices, which, um, you know, I think for the quality of the piece that you're getting uh, in that, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, a hundred to $300 price range. Uh, I, I just think it's an outstanding value. So um, yeah, uh, near it pipes, uh, Petter Jeppesen, and uh, man, just what a good, uh, what a good story. What a great guy. I really enjoy oh, yeah. uh, chatting with Petter every time we, uh, you know, get new pipes from him. He, he is the guy that uh, is going to, you know, it's one of those mom and pop deals, right? You, you order some pipes and he's the guy that's picking up the phone or responding to your email. And um, man, it's just a, just a great crew and uh, really appreciate what they're doing. Well, it's not just that, man. It's, it's the fact that he's, uh, he's the chosen one trained by Obi-Wan. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's, he's, he's part of a, a, a legacy of um apprenticeship a, a jedi if you will yeah uh yeah <laughs> so, so i'm for me now uh petter is now just the luke skywalker of the pipe pipe world that's oh, that's, that's the good. way that I okay see. i like that yeah you know we yeah. ought to talk to him and uh and and see how he feels about that i, I bet he'd be okay with that <laughs> you know the funny thing is i think i actually talked to petter a while back and uh, i think i made a pop culture reference that that uh, he didn't uh-huh. quite follow me on and i <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a goofy guy. My bad. <laughs> Just kidding. But that, Random that, American been... pop culture reference. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I think it might have a little lost in translation, but uh, right, one way right. or the other. Uh, those of you close to him, let him know that that to us, he is he's he's Luke Skywalker. We'll, That's we'll right. Just, we'll, we- <laughs> we'll say that we'll say that well man um no absolutely gorgeous pipes and and you know you, you think of kind of the the artisanal nature to it you know one of the things that i think a lot of pipe smokers feel is that they they too have this kind of artisan deep inside of them and while we may not all have access to uh say you know this this fine briar or these acrylic or, or, or uh, beautiful stems, uh, maybe we just want to kind of get our paints out and uh, and kind of customize our own pipe. That's and if you're looking point. for yeah. a beautiful canvas with readily available product and a good quality clean smoke, of course, look no further than our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right, man. Uh, gosh, we, we have so many options here for customizing our own pipe, particularly if it's a corncob pipe from the folks at Missouri Meerschaum. And uh, one of the best pipes I've found uh, for that, when you're when you're talking about maybe uh, you know bedazzling your own pipe, making uh, maybe you're not <laughs> a not. maybe you're not a you're uh, not uh, I, I know I know right <laughs> uh, defiling the pipe world by bringing de- bedazzling in here, but um, <sighs> you, you know you've got these uh, you know these these awesome corncob pipes that uh, are readily available, very uh, affordable, um, and uh, and man just just prime ready for you to uh, to dive in and kind of put your own spin on it. So um, one of the best ones that I've found over the years uh, for this is the Great Dane pipe. It's the uh, Great Dane Spool corncob pipe. Now, if you've never seen a Great Dane Spool, imagine Mr. Peanut as a pipe. 
<laughs> the, 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 the planter's peanut guy has a pipe. The, the, the bowl of the pipe is a, is a large bowl. It kind of has this uh, curvature to it that might look like a, uh, you know, something out of a physics book, but it really uh, has the curves to it as a, as, as a peanut does. It's really nice. It's a large bowl, uh, very easily customizable because of the, the large canvas that it has there, a generous uh, shank there on the, on the, you know, side of the bowl uh, with a really high quality uh, bit. And so, um, you know, you've got a large pipe here that I think is just really, uh, really primed and ready to be, uh, man, be, be painted up by yourself uh, to put your own spin, uh, your own adornishments on, uh, on your new corn cob pipe. So uh, the Great Dane Spool corn cob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum is a nod to old world craftsmen and the styling of Danish pipes from the 1980s. Uh, mm. Designed to fit comfortably in the hand, both right and left-handed smokers, the trusty and familiar spool is a longtime mainstay in our larger line of filtered pipes. Uh, this pipe accommodates a 6mm filter and has a genuine hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl. It's available as a straight or a bent pipe, uh, and you can even get it in a two-pipe gift set. So, uh, awesome pipe uh, and a very affordable price. You can get that at corncobpipe.com uh, or one of your favorite uh, you know, tobacco retailers. Well, be sure uh, to smoke your Missouri Meerschaum pipe this week. Take a picture while you do. Tweet it out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know that we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week comes into us by Gordo Iumdo. Yes, that is definitely a user handle, right? Wow. There. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that's. Uh, I I think you did. Um, I, I think you did okay on that one. Yeah. You know, I I don't feel as bad about butchering user handles, all things considered. But um, she's asking if we find that aromatics have less taste. He says he personally doesn't, but he keeps on hearing people say that aromatics just don't have as much flavor as something that is a non-aromatic. Yeah. Which is interesting because you think it'd go the other way around, right? It is. And uh, man, as uh, let's see, I'm going to I'm going to butcher his name too. Gor- Gordo. G- we can Gord- call him Gordo. Gordox Imudo. <laughs> Gordox. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> of the Imudo galaxy. <laughs> coming to ask questions about aromatic tobaccos not tasting very flavorful. <laughs> <laughs> Gordox will destroy you. Well, and and he might. He might destroy us for butchering his name and uh and and maybe our preferences on tobaccos. I don't know. Oh but- no, the galaxy is going to be ru- forever ruined. Although, look, it's the chosen one, Petter, <laughs> flying through with his laser sword. I will defeat you, Gordox. Never, Petter. Man, and th- I- and this is how Country Squire Radio comes off the rails. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I saw anyway. No, he, there was there was. A- opening you went right through it it was um yeah you know it it, it was very it was very bow york it was, it was that's wonderful. how i do it that's how i do it all right so Man, yes so he, you know you've got uh you've got these aromatic tobaccos right that are uh <laughs> they are flavored by you know various casings and toppings that um you know uh, not just take away the uh kind of uh, ammonia vegetal taste of the tobacco itself but also uh, might add some flavor of cherry or caramel or peach or whatever it uh, might be whiskey or rum. So some people find that uh, you know they have less taste than a um, than a uh, than a non-aromatic tobacco. A lot of folks uh, when they you know the, a lot of the pipe smokers I, I talk to um, you know they can't really taste a lot when they when they smoke an aromatic, but they can smell a lot. So it's like the aromatic is more for the uh, for the smell, and the non-aromatic is more for the taste. Now having said that, 
your mileage may vary. For Gordo, this is, uh, you know, it's something he finds that, uh, or she finds that the, um, you know, the aromatic tobaccos tend to have more taste. And so I think, again, that's one of those things where there's all kinds of factors involved here. It's what you ate, it's your, you know, body pH and chemistry, it's, um, you know, just your flavor preferences and, uh, and even the pipe you're smoking it out of, you know, it's um, all that's going to be combined. A lot of folks, you know, uh, do prefer aromatic tobaccos because of the smell and, and then also the taste. You've got some aromatic tobaccos that don't particularly taste like much of anything, but then you do have aromatic tobaccos that have that real, uh, you know, maybe they've been heavily topped and or, or tweaked just right and have just a real nice whiskey flavor or a black cherry or a, a, a buttered rum or something of this nature that uh, just makes it really attractive to the palate and, uh, and kind of the mouth. Um, you, you've got folks that don't like sweet tobaccos and they like the nuance, the characteristics of the uh, natural flavors where as they're smoking the bowl, they're getting those little dashes of Perique, Oriental, uh, Latakia, uh, yellow and red Virginias, you know, just all these, uh, you know, these characteristics that kind of peek out throughout the, the smoke as that tobacco's baking in the bowl. Uh, might be a little more nuanced, but, you know, not something that everyone uh, appreciates or everyone enjoys. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the key here is your mileage may vary. You know, there's some folks, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that uh, smoke non-aromatic tobaccos, they'll tell you that aromatics don't have any flavor. Man, if you're smoking aromatic tobacco and you think it's got flavor, keep smoking it. Um, man, yeah. yeah, own it. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's Absolutely. the whole point, man. It's not about, uh, you know, picking picking one side or the other. It's about uh, enjoying it in your own right. And uh, man, there's a place for place for all of it. There's some, there's some good aromatic tobaccos out there that I really enjoy. Um, Old Toby, one of our house blends that we uh, just sell pound after pound of. Um, you know, I, I think of stuff like Cult Blood Red Moon uh, on the market. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. tobaccos are just really, uh, you really can taste some some flavor when you're when you're smoking them. And it's not just kind of like sweet air. Uh, it's really, really nice. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, if, if you're one of those people that is kind of down on aromatics, you know, try a few. I think there's some good ones, uh, good ones out there that you can really, really appreciate the flavor on. That's right. That's right. It's not about choosing sides like light side or the dark side. <laughs> You see, <laughs> Gordox will destroy you, Vulcanite. But then, like, 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 Eric Nording <laughs> appears in like a out of the smoke, like a force ghost, but it's like a, a pipe smoke ghost. He's like, use the acrylic sputter. Oh <laughs> man! You just, I mean, they, they, honestly, though, with all these words that that you know, these are this, this is low hanging fruit for you. So, I mean, I, I think, oh this, yeah, you know, you you're you're doing a good job. It, it's that's uh, right. I, I'm gonna give you a pass on this episode, okay? No, I want somebody. I want somebody who's uh, artistic artistically inclined to create a, a petter as Luke Skywalker, but the lightsaber is like this acrylic blue. You know what I mean? Like like the still <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, with, you know, it, and the enemy is from the planet uh, Vulcanite. With uh, no, the know, enemy is is Gordox. Is oh, Gordox. Yeah, Gordox could be from the planet Vulcanite. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Gordox from the planet Vulcanite, and he's trying to attack him. But then like Eric Nording is appearing out of like Petter's got a, a like a pipe at his side, and the smoke's coming out. It's creating a force ghost of Eric Nording. This I, has I got Russ great. Hicks built all over it. Russ, that, I know. All, Russ, I'm, I'm just feeding the idea out there. <laughs> <laughs> Pipe smoking comic books. Inspired I'm telling by you, Radio. <laughs> we'll do like old school audio radio adventures of Petter versus Gordox. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, excellent question, Gordox. And hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it in at show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the, the squire. squire. 
Quick fire questions. Ow. All right, man. We got some quick fire questions coming in, of course, by way of Country Squire Radio shirts. Awesome shirts. Yeah, Amazing coming shirts. Coming out very soon. I think given what the topic is next week, I think if they came out next week, that would be amazing. That's true. That's that is so true. I'm, I'm partic- I'm just particularly because what the shirts look like, or at least at exactly. least some of them. Yeah. At least one in particular. <laughs> yes. So anyway, more on that. Uh, stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have uh, a big announcement next week. All right. So there's that. Quick fire questions coming in from Crimbopolis Com- Andrew. Uh, <laughs> Our dear friend, the the right reverend himself, uh, Andrew Kafopoulos. Yes. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, a, a, a fan of the the, the lesbian, uh, 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 the, the lesbians. Uh, Uzo. A fan of the, uh, the Uzo. Thank you. I was, I was right. blanking on it. <laughs> um, from the Isle of Lesbos. All right. So here we go. Yep. You ready for this? Yep. Facebook or real time? Uh, real time. You know, I, I I always leave Facebook wanting. I you know when I get off Facebook, I'm like, yeah, that didn't really do a lot for me. But real no. time, real time always comes in the clutch. I straight up hate Facebook. I'll just go ahead and say, it. <laughs> I mean, like, I use it, and I'm glad for tools like, for example, our 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 uh, you know Country Square Radio Club member group, and um you know a lot of a lot of different groups I'm a a, a member of and yeah. and kind of participate in. I'm all about that. But in terms of like general like time sucking, going through the feed and you know, like everybody kind of blasting, hey, nobody asked for my opinion, but here's like a five page thing on it. Like, <laughs> nah, man, I try to stay off of it as much as possible. So yeah, real I don't know. Time it, gosh, there, there are things I love Facebook uh, for, um, but man, real time, real time wins every time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So lakeshore or seashore? Uh, seashore. I'm Absolutely. a beach guy. I'm a beach guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, lakes lakes are beautiful, but man, the uh, just the, the waves and the rush of the, uh, the sea and the, the sand underneath your toes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Big time. Silver or gold? I'm going to go with silver. I, You know, it's funny. I like uh, I like silver colored things. When I got married uh, this past year, you know, we were looking at wedding rings and, and I just kept gravitating towards the white gold, the uh, kind of silver, platinum, white gold look. I, there was something about that that, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like the look of silver. So I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, likewise. I've got uh, the white gold ring as well. And I, I think it, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny when we think about our parents' generation, they, I think, were more uh, yellow gold you know real real gold mm-hmm. and um you know and, and it, it's funny how it changes you know nowadays a lot of uh wedding rings and engagement rings and this kind of thing is is more in the um you know the lighter color the the silver look uh or, or maybe a white gold or platinum look and um what, what's so funny is you know the next generation will probably uh swivel back you know real hard in the other direction but um yeah you know you, you even look at modern That's pipe true, yeah modern pipe aesthetics you know most of the uh the metal adornments on modern pipes are going to be either a, a, a sterling silver or a nickel, something that has a silver uh, look to it. And so, um, you know, you see some gold bands on pipes or maybe some brass bands on pipes, but typically what's more common is going to be that silver uh, silver or silver colored band. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good catch. I mean, like even looking at houses right now, yeah. like we the, the older style is more kind of bronze and brown, whereas the newer yeah. style is more of silver and white. And it's just, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm in the same way. White gold, in this case, silver. All right, and then finally... Soap liquid or bar? I'm going to go with liquid soap, I think. But I, I don't know. The bar has its place, too. But I, yeah, I'll go with liquid soap. Bar's classic. You know, I've got the, uh, well, I guess it was from uh, Whole Foods, the tobacco and coffee soap bar. Oh, is that the that one on the they, they mix with uh, patchouli and all that? I don't know what all they put in it. It's, it, it's, it, but it, it's, it makes you, it's a good scrub. When you use the, uh, when you, I, I can only imagine if you use soap from Whole Foods, it makes you smell like maybe you're, um, you know, haven't bathed or something like that, which, you know, some people prefer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
know. <laughs> if you want to smell like feet, buy your soap at Whole Foods. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's like reverse sponsorship right there. That's I know, great. right? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, hey, those are the quick fire questions. Thanks for those, Andrew. And hey, if you've got quick fire questions, feel free to send those in at show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ben. We got some good listener feedback in here. Great, you might even say. Uh, one's very short and one's very long. I'll take the short one. Okay. This is from Jason B. He says, uh, hey, Bo and John David, I just want to say that was a fantastic Squire Select on rum. Being primarily a rum drinker and a big fan of the Kraken. Oh, the Kraken. The Kraken rum. Jason is a fan of battling the Kraken. I'm in rare form tonight. <laughs> you are. <It's> just, <laughs> So I thoroughly enjoyed hearing you guys talk about it. Again, that is from Jason B. Well, yeah. Jason, I like to fight the Kraken. I get out there in my ship and I load up my cannons. And when the beast <laughs> raises its tentacles to wrap around my ship, I throw back a couple of bottles and, and fight the Kraken. Anyway. <laughs> Man, if, you that, threw, if you threw back a couple of bottles of Kraken, you wouldn't you wouldn't fight long. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a mythological beast, John David. The only way you'd actually see it is if you had been drinking oh, a couple of bottles. <laughs> no, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's right, man. This next one comes in from Barry T. It's a little long, but it's um there's there's a lot to it. So I, I think it's I think it's worth reading. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, from Barry T says, John David and Bo, hey guys, I'm a longtime listener, but first time writer. I recently had the opportunity to complete my first pipe pilgrimage this past week. I arrived from San Antonio, Texas, right uh, before the great Mississippi snowpocalypse of 2019, <laughs> which uh, is an incredibly sarcastic statement, but was still able to visit the Squire uh, despite the quote-unquote hazardous conditions. Um, the experience was awesome. While smoking my first pipe, Steve was incredibly friendly uh, and helped me better understand cigars. During my second bowl, I was able to meet and talk with the great John David himself, uh, man, which is a way, way overstatement. By the end of my third bowl, I was swapping tobacco stories with other patrons and felt like I'd been coming to the Squire for years. Despite the fantastic experience, I do feel that my pipe pilgrimage is incomplete. Much like a pilgrim to Jerusalem completes the Stations of the Cross uh, along the Via Della Rosa, I feel that a pilgrim to the Country Squire should perhaps complete the Stations of the Squire uh, along the Via Tabacchiana. (laughs) I briefly discussed this idea with John David uh, while at the Squire, but I I think the whole Squire community should decide what these stations would be. (laughs) 14 is the traditional number of stops, and I feel like I was able to accomplish the following stations. All right, here we go. Uh, first station of the Squire at the uh, Via Tabacchiana, and we'll go through uh, through these stations. Um, number one, purchase tobacco from the Country Squire. Number two, smoke at the Country Squire. Number three, meet John David. Number four, eat at Pig and Pint, which is yes, incredibly, yes. Uh, in, in, incredibly important. Uh, number five, make a purchase at the Package Stoa. Uh, <laughs> he says, while not accomplished, I feel the following stations should be included. And they are meet Bo, catch a live show, bring a bottle of local spirits to share at the Squire. And number four, meet the hurricane. <laughs> no, no, veto, veto. He, he goes on to say, perhaps Bo 
uh, moving to Houston, the Via Tabacchiana uh, would run from Houston to New Orleans. So you're kind of, yeah, yeah there, there's this real pilgrimage there uh, before ending in Jackson. Um, there are simply, these are simply suggestions to get started. <laughs> I actually really love this idea, man. This it's so funny, good. dude. I, it's part of me that's like, this is part sacrilege, but also really entertaining. So, well, you um, know what I mean. Like, <laughs> tobacco tourism. Anyway, keep going. Well, he, yeah, to wrap it up, he says, overall, the Country Squire was awesome, and I hope to visit again soon. Uh, Bo, congrats on the upcoming move to Texas. As a recent transplant myself, I can tell you that Texas grows on you. Though some traditions are strange, such as eating tamales for Christmas and New Year's, <laughs> the people and culture are awesome. Uh, once you get settled, please come over and visit us in San Antonio. My family and I would love to give you a tour of our adopted city and locale. If you're truly adventurous, I will challenge you to the Highway 290 Brewery, Winery, hey. and Distillery Crawl between yeah. Austin Austin, and Fredericksburg. Uh, hopefully one of us is still standing at the end. <laughs> Thank you again for all you do, and I hope to see you at the Texas Pipe Show this fall. And that's from Nathan uh, in San Antonio. It was so great, man, to hang out with him while he was in town. We just thoroughly enjoyed that. And, uh, man, what, what a tender, nice guy. And uh, got, glad he got to hang out with uh, with me, but also, uh, you know, our, our buddy Stephen, who works at the Squire, the, the anti-hurricane. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, man, it, it, I think he had a great time. So, man, uh, always always a joy to catch those people that come through town. And we're, we're thankful for those pipe pilgrimages. They they really make our day. Absolutely. I think I think with, with the exception here, I mean, like, you know, I, you don't have to meet the hurricane. You can meet the anti-hurricane. <laughs> like, Steven, like, that's that's good. Like, that way, the hurricane's kind of like uh, the antithesis of Country Squire Radio. So it's like trying to meet the devil on your road to, uh, to, <laughs> <laughs> to glory. I, I, I would take that one off. Oh, that's hilarious. But, uh, no, that's I, good. You know, I will say this. Um, sacrilege aside, I do love the idea of, like, tobacco tourism. I mean, if you think about specifically yeah. with kind of yeah. these, like he, like he mentioned, like the, the liquor, uh, whiskey, wine, uh, beer kind of crawls. And, and you know, you, you've got these kind of bourbon tours that you can go on. I You know, I, I like the idea of uh, Houston to New Orleans to uh, to Jackson being kind of a uh, a little bit of a, a, a tourist stop. So, I mean, shoot, we've got enough. Uh, New Orleans has probably changed a little bit. Since since I last updated my um my list of must dos yeah you're you're crawled there yeah yeah but I mean like there's enough that we could probably put together a little something something and I mean that the nice thing too is all right hear me out. If somebody did all, like if they went all through, like we give them a checklist and if they were able to do all of it or see all these sites or, or complete all these things, once they get to the country squire is kind of the, um, you know, the, the, the coup d'etat or whatever you call the thing with the, the, the big grand finale, <laughs> then, uh, then there could be like some sort of prize at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. They get like, they get beatified or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, John, then they meet John David in all of his glory in at, uh, oh, at the squire, at the promised, much, at the man. promised land. It's just too much. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. I, it's I, the Pilgrim's I, Progress. No, That's it, what we call it. <laughs> Pipe Pilgrim's Progress. Fantastic. Although I, I, <laughs> I, I do like these things, you know, e- eating at the pig and pint, uh, making a purchase at the package store. Uh, you know, I think these are, uh, these are all positive things. Of course, we love when you get to come back. <laughs> well, one way or the other, thank you so much for that feedback. Great stuff here. And, uh, you know, hey, if you want to email into the show, we, we love getting those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. You know, this week we did not have a live show, uh, but we will theoretically be returning next week. Be sure to follow us on the social medias to uh, to find out the spe- specifications on that. You know, I, I'm kind of excited, man. We, we've got uh, we've got a fun episode at next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, with uh, the 
pirates and pipe tobacco. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of want to throw this out here because I've, I've got a short list that we've been kind of carving through with my pirates and pipe tobacco series and that sort of thing. But if you have a uh, specific swashbuckler that you want us to cover at some point, um, uh, you know, we, we ideally somebody who has some sort of connection to tobacco, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as know, you right? might expect from the show, uh, let me know because uh, we'd love to add them into that series as well. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to jump back in and uh, especially after Battle in the Kraken, talking to pirates next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we also wanted you to keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be definitely putting something up uh, for Pipe International Pipe Smoking Day, but uh, John David, what about you, man? Do you do you have uh, any kind of a final kind of uh, happy International Pipe Smoking Day wishes to the folks out there as they're listening to this episode? Well, you know, I, I, I think International Pipe Smoking Day is always a good time to, you know, revisit your appreciation for the pipe. But like you said, it's a good time to, you know, maybe find that uh, strange tobacco or that interesting tobacco that's been sitting in the back of your cellar for a while. Maybe that pipe you haven't smoked in some time that uh, you need to reintroduce yourself to and familiarize yourself with. And, you know, maybe it's a good opportunity also to introduce one of your dear friends into to pipe smoking, uh, too. So this is always a really fun time of year uh, for uh, for pipe smokers across the world. And we're, we're really thankful for it. Oh, look, I've always been a big fan of International Pipe Smoking Day as an excuse to dive back into the cellar. But now we actually have some lore and history and story to go around it because we'll never forget that one fateful day that International Pipe Smoking Day reminds us of. That fateful day where Petter Jessup struck down Gordox from the planet it's Vulcanite. <laughs> And saved us all with the help yes. of Eric Nording. Yes, it, country. That's Country Squire Cannon at its uh, <laughs> at its at its most pure. That's right. <laughs> Happy International Pipe Smoking Day to all. And that's John right. David, let's go have a day. <laughs> See you, Bo. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.